Welcome to episode 13 of the Women's Wisdom, Our Journey in Emergency Medicine, a production of the Women in Emergency Medicine section of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. AEM is a nonprofit professional association of over 8,000 emergency physicians dedicated to board certification and democratic group practice. In this episode, Dr. Molly Estes interviews Dr. Jessica Fujimoto on her journey through emergency medicine. So hello everyone, my name is Molly Estes. I'm clinical faculty at Loma Linda University in Southern California, and this is our next edition of the Women in Emergency Medicine Women's Wisdom Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us here today. I have Dr. Jessica Fujimoto joining us from UCSF Fresno. She is a fellow medical education person, just like myself, and recently promoted to director of simulation at her shop. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you very much. I'm really excited to be here. It is a fantastic to have you with us. So let's get the ball rolling. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What makes you tick? Um, you know, I am an emergency doc, just like all of you listening or prospective people listening. I'm from California, so I'm really happy and feel very grateful to be working in California, have a wonderful position there. And I am an educator, and I really like getting to have a hand in training the next generation of EM physicians. So i um, really excited to be able to do that in multiple ways, having done a med ed fellowship there and then now getting to teach a lot through simulation. Now, what have been some of the struggles you faced moving into your new role? The biggest one, which I think a lot of other people can relate to, is this imposter syndrome feeling, which we could call it different things, but just feeling like I'm so early in my career and having such an important position feels strange to me. The biggest challenge for me and the biggest hurdle I've had to get over is the fact that I'm the simulation director for the whole branch campus university. And so it means that I'm liaising with rugged trauma surgeons who have been doing this for years and trying to explain to them how simulation curriculum works or um, orthopedic surgeons and sort of getting over that, that barrier that I have mentally. No, I think it is absolutely incredible um, to hear you say that you've struggled with some of those feelings of, oh, am I qualified for this or not? Because most of us face that. I've certainly faced that more than once in my career, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there, whether they're young into their career or advanced in their career, can think back to a time at when they went through the exact same thought process. And there's a ton of different ways out there that you can try to combat that internal messaging that we do to ourselves. No two ways are exactly alike. How do you manage it? I think doing a lot of reflecting has been helpful for me. Sometimes, well, it's funny. You think that this is going to end when you finish your training. So finish residency. Oh, I'm an attending now. Yeah, I can do this. No problem. But there's always another step to get to. And so you always feel like you haven't quite reached that next step. And so I have adapted the practice of doing a lot of reflecting. Through my medical education fellowship, I remember talking about, we had a session on how to give a good talk. And my fellowship director's husband was asking me, he's a director by training, and so he was giving us tips on how to give a good talk because he's her speaker coach. And he was asking me, well, what would you feel comfortable giving a talk about or how come you don't give more talks? 
And then I started thinking about the things that I have a lot of experience with, the areas that I uh, have a, a lot of knowledge that I can share with people. And so I try to reflect on it from that point of view. So I think about, well, what can I teach people that they don't know? And what have I spent my time learning that other people haven't had the time to learn? And that reminds me a lot that I have, I have a lot to offer. Oh, I love that. It's, it's so often that we walk out of a shift or out of a teaching session. For me and my students, that's particularly painful right now. I've got a lot of first years rotating in our department, and they are very, very smart individuals, way smarter than me. I, I can't answer most of their questions a lot of the time. And it's so easy to walk away from those sessions and just feel like you know nothing. I'm an attending. I'm supposed to know things. No, 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 no. I need the attendier attending right now because it's not me. And to fall back on that foundation of what exactly you do know and remind yourself of exactly what you've gone through to get here, so important for all of us. I love that tip. Well, we normally start these podcasts with much lighter topics just to break the ice get to know you and yet somehow we dove deep really really fast so <laughs> I'm gonna have us tread water back to the shallow end okay. <laughs> and just ask you so when you're not in the hospital saving lives molding the minds of the future generation what do you like to do for fun so the the truthful answer is that when I'm not working a shift like doing patient care I'm doing non-clinical work, but I'll think about it from if I'm not doing clinical work, I'm not doing non-clinical work, what am I doing with my time? Wait, you're a workaholic? <laughs> no. Shocker. Yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> they say that's the first step, admitting it. <laughs> admitting it. Uh, so what do I do for fun? So my favorite thing to do is to hang out with my partner, who's also an EM physician, and my 80-pound pit bull rescue. That is some automatic wellness because my dog likes to lay on me on the couch and then I literally cannot get up and do anything. Oh my gosh, literally, literally a physical hindrance forces you to not do anything. And it's also, it's like forced, forced meditation in a way too because he snores and he's very warm. So you feel his respirations and it's just very soothing. Thus, the origin story of weighted blankets came about. <laughs> exactly. He's a very warm weighted blanket. Oh, my gosh. What's his name? His name is Atticus. Very appropriate for mm. an 80-pound lap dog. Yes. <laughs> so we like to do that, and we like to Netflix and just relax, just unwind. Always important. Mm -hmm. I, I'm right there with you. I like to say that I'm the most boring ER doctor you've ever met because I don't rock climb and I don't mountain bike and I don't go jumping out of airplanes. I really like sitting on my couch, so I'm right there with you. That's what I like to do, and I'm at a place uh, that attracts a lot of wilderness-interested folks since Fresno has a lot of outdoorsy things to offer, but I am, as we say, an indoor cat. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. All right. Now, a lot of our listener base and a lot of the membership that we have in the Women in Emergency Medicine section are students and early trainees. And I love asking all of our interviewees this question just because it gets back to that essence of where we found our passion in the first place. So what drove you into medicine and why emergency medicine specifically? 
That's a wonderful question. I spent a long time thinking about this. I have one like second cousin who's an internal med physician that's now retired. And other than that, no one in my family is in medicine. I sort of found my way to it through mentorship. I made a friend in college who was like a big brother to me and was interested in medicine and told me all the things that he liked about it and why he wanted to go to med school. And I realized those were a lot of the same things that I was looking for. And so I ended up going in that same path. And in emergency medicine specifically, I just remember the emergency medicine physicians that I encountered throughout med school. They just had an interesting perspective on medicine itself. So for example, we had um, an ethics course we've through our first two years and I think that was the only emergency physician who did anything with our curriculum because it was a pretty separate department from my school. And I remember her talking about the humility of knowing when you don't know something. And that was so different than anything any of the other physicians mentioned. And then I finally, end of third year, had a chance to do an emergency medicine elective where I didn't really know very much because I was still like in my third year. And I remember one of the residents was talking about how Harlem was a food desert and how that impacted a lot of the way he thought about patient care. And it was just so amazing to me that we had this specialty that was so patient facing and seeing people in their lives how they are as opposed to sort of tucked away upstairs in the hospital. So that's how I came to really loving all the different facets of emergency medicine and how it's so unique as a specialty. Oh, it's incredible. I think I get more benefit than any of our listeners out there hearing people give their answers to that question because it reminds me of so many of the things that I too found as a draw into emergency medicine and especially us coming out of this last year and still going forward into all of the unknown despite all the challenges that our specialty has faced we do come back to our mission is our patients right our mission is the people yeah it's made me so proud to be an emergency physician and I already felt that you know I'm pretty early in my career so I'm not jaded I don't think Um, so I've already felt that but it just really made it so prominent and it was so wonderful to see emergency physicians like on CNN talking about the pandemic it felt like we were voices that everyone needed to hear and for any of you out there who were on CNN thank you we appreciate you I could never do that so I admire you all yes I have to admit, every time I turned on CNN and saw Leanna Wynn, I felt like immense pride that someone who had come through RSA and AEM leadership um, was on TV. It was wonderful to see. Exactly the same person I was thinking about. Little fangirl moment. We love you. Oh, yeah. Every time uh, my partner had her on the TV, he'd be like, oh, God, here it comes. She's going to get so excited. (laughs) 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 Every time I heard her voice, I was like, this is the voice of reason. (laughs) Love it. All right, let's take a step back towards kind of our original conversation line. Um, Many of the things that we face in emergency medicine, particularly early in our career, does come back to kind of some of those sensations of not being taken seriously or being discredited uh, for a variety of reasons, either your relative junior state in your specialty, uh, your gender identification, your 
socioeconomic background, your race. There are so many different factors that play into why we may or may not encounter situations of where we aren't given the credit that we're due. Has anything like that ever happened to you before? How did you deal with it? This happens all the time, I think. And I think sometimes I don't even realize it because it happens so frequently. I'm sure this happens to a lot of people out there, a lot of people listening. But patients often think I'm the student or think I'm a nurse. And so I try to remind them politely just so that everyone understands their role and who's who in their care team. I think it's important that patients have that transparency. Otherwise, the biggest thing is being in my new role, and like we talked about, the men- it's my own mental hurdles trying to get over feeling like I don't belong in that position. What kind of advice might you have for anybody else out there early in their career? How did you get to this point? I think I thought about this from what advice should I be giving myself now and slightly earlier me? I think it's an emphasis on work-life balance. It's something that I'm actively working on. So I would advise everyone that this career is a marathon and not a sprint. And I think for me, a problem that I had was treating residency like a sprint and treating my early career like a sprint, and it is not. And so I'm trying to find balance and bring balance back to my life. Balance is almost like the dirty word of emergency medicine. Mm -hmm. And every single time I say yes to one more thing or no to another, it just kind of runs through the back of my head. Like this really annoying mouse. Balance, balance, balance. Yes, it does feel like an annoying mouse. That's a really great way to say it. I'll be that annoying mouse voice for everyone listening. (laughs) Bring back balance. Bring back balance. I'm going (laughs) to put it on a bumper sticker. Mm -hmm. All right. Final question in closing. What inspires you? Mm. You know, I help with residency recruitment where I am now. And doing that inspires me. It comes at such a great time. We review the applications in like late fall, winter, when people are getting a little crusty. Uh, in the department and reading everyone's personal statements about why they found medicine and what their plans are for their career is so inspiring. And then to see the younger generations of doctors coming through and all their different experiences and interests is just so wonderful. It makes me so happy for the future of our specialty. Like for example, we just matched an intern, we have an intern starting who used to be a social worker at a homeless shelter that was her prior career and gosh I think about my application just seems so terrible in comparison (laughs) well I highly doubt that but I I do agree that I meet individuals and I feel as if I've done absolutely nothing with my life in comparison to them so for all of you guys listening we draw our inspiration from you from your passions and your future and your goals that you've set for yourself and for the drive that you have in moving all of us as a community together. Absolutely. Dr. Fujimoto, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting a chance to interview you. Ditto. It was wonderful to talk to you. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. For more information about AAEM, visit our website at www.aam.org. Find all episodes of this podcast and our other podcast series on the AAEM website 
under resources and then publications. Join us again next episode for a new journey through emergency medicine.